So good to be back. Did you miss us? We were off last week because, well, life happens. It's truly unbelievable how much happens in one week in the AI world. So much that we had to make two episodes just to cover it all. A double feature this week, from the Beatles to OpenAI's Dev Day, and of course, President Biden's executive order on AI, things continue to, how do I say it? They continue to get cranial, my friends. Let's do this. Welcome to Up Against Reality, a meta podcast that explores the intersection of humanity and artificial intelligence. I'm Raina, one of your hosts. I have some pretty charming human co-hosts too. You'll meet them shortly. It truly is a brave new world, and we're here to simplify it for you. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up as AI comes crashing up against reality. One week off, somebody on Reddit said that's like the Mesozoic era <laughs> in AI time going back that far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could, one week, weekly episodes are, aren't nearly enough to stay on top of this stuff. You're not kidding. I mean, I think we could do a daily one if we actually had the time and wherewithal, a daily show, because there's so much. And if we had a staff. A staff. Where yeah. do we get those minions? <laughs> well, maybe AI can help with that. <laughs> yeah, soon. I bet. I like the first talking point, the new Beatles song, Now and Then. Did you give it a listen? I did. And I... Thoughts? I, yeah. I Well, firstly, I was like, I'm, I'm going to wait, and I just want to hear this on proper speakers. I don't want to, I'm not going to listen to this on my phone or even in the car, you know? And mm-hmm. so I wanted to listen to it at home. And, um, I was super pleased that, uh, Apple music had a spatial audio or Dolby Atmos, uh, mm-hmm. mix of it. So I listened to it in the home theater, in, which is 7.1. Is that right? Uh, there's different flavors of Atmos. Um, okay. um I have a 9.1 setup. And, oh, Oh, pardon me. <laughs> this one, where's that 11.1? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it does go to 11. Um, yeah, it, was, it sounds great. Um, and then I watched a little 12-minute documentary on it, which is absolutely worth your time. Great. Uh, even if you're not a, a Beatles fan, it's, well, if you are, it's that much better. But uh, very, very cool. And uh, yeah, I think as you put it, it was a little bittersweet too. Um, but yeah. super cool. Just how long ago this started? They attempted to do this mm-hmm. a while back, but the technology wasn't there to separate the vocal from the piano that was on that original cassette. And I think a lot of people hear about this story and they're thinking AI is associated with with the story, and and they're probably thinking, oh, they synthesized John Lennon's voice or or something artificial about it. And it, that's mm-hmm. really not it. It was just used to clean up the recording and separate. It was just one mono recording of a piano and a vocal on a cassette, on an old cassette. So you can imagine how difficult that yeah. was just a, a year ago. Yeah, incredible. Uh, what's changed in the past six months. And I love that little featurette movie and talking about the timeline because I think it originated with Yoko in like 1996 or something, handing off three songs on cassette. And that that's where that song Free as a Bird came from. And then they sat on this one for a while, like you said, and I guess Peter Jackson, I guess, had something tangentially to do with it because he was using this kind of recovery during the documentary of uh, They Shall Not Grow Old, which was a World War One doc. Did you see that one? No, no. It's supposed to be incredible, like completely colorized, all about, you know, the kids fighting in the trenches in World War One. It's supposed to be amazing. But I feel like 
that was part of this story. I remember them cutting away to Peter Jackson and maybe he was pioneering some of this AI recovery and that's what they put to work here. I did read on some subreddits, you know, audio engineering, et cetera, that, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it, that the sound of the recording as a whole was very hot, meaning that the recording level is like crazy, like in your face. Is that what you got out of it? At least no. you're listening? No. I, I mean, I mean, not in Atmos. Um, yeah. Uh, I haven't listened to the just standard stereo mix of it, um, but, but, yeah. but I should though. But that's like surprising this. that they're, they're, so they're saying it was like slammed, like, like. Yeah, they said it was like super compressed, like really hmm. loud. I didn't get that. I mean, I didn't scrutinize it, but yeah, I like the song. And to your point, you just made like, I don't know if they didn't touch his voice with AI somewhat, because for me, it doesn't sound as Johnish as some other recordings do. Oh, like, yeah. There's something that's, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It doesn't sound like as nasal perhaps as his vocal normally does i don't know there's something different about it hmm. to me but well, i don't know yeah could have just been him on that day exactly i don't know right yeah regardless super cool the song is called now and then you can listen i listen to it on youtube it's it's everywhere um i think it's on spotify you can stream it there too um they claim it's going to be the final beatles song but i'm sure there's other <laughs> things in the archives that they'll resurrect it's like those Final tours. Exactly. How many did the, the Who do? Or the Stones. <laughs> all these relics. Yeah, I know. Um, then lots lots of big news. OpenAI had their first ever dev day last week. We're going to go into that a little bit more, I believe, in episode two of this week's episodes. Because since we missed last week, there will be two this week. But we're going to dive deeper into that. But the one cool thing, I guess maybe the... The real highlight of the show, among many highlights, is the ability now in GPT-4 to build your own GPT. So now you can go in, uh, it's in beta, and you can say, okay, I want to create a custom GPT based on gambling, based on audio engineering, based on, I don't know, needlepoint. I have no idea. <laughs> but you can basically upload your docs to this uh, you know, platform and it will then create a custom GPT that's been trained with your documents, with your data. Kind of cool. Did you see that feature? Yes. Uh, I watched a, like a summarization of that Dev Day thing. I watched a couple of them. One of them you sent me, and it was one of these reaction videos, and I, I, I lasted 15 uh, seconds. I just can't I, take... So what is the point of reaction videos? I, I don't like them. Um, oh, the worst. But then I found, I found one from like CNET or something, and it was yeah. a little bit more... Uh, proper but so i'm wondering yeah. um how much how much data do you need to feed it and is mm -hmm. it is it i assume it's not just strictly going on what you provide it with i would imagine and i don't know i haven't dug into it yet and that's a great question i don't know how much you can upload or what is the limit what do you need as a minimum and what do you have as a top end on your pay plan and is it also simultaneously referring to its pre-trained stuff that goes now till April 20, 2023, right? Because mm -hmm. prior to that, it was 2021, or I forget, was well, the training was cut off at like 2021 or something, but now it's to 2023. So I, it's a good question. I don't know. Is it referring to my data and the, the pre-trained stuff? Good question. I would and think I, it'd have to be yeah. a combination of the two. Otherwise, it'd be 
probably kind of dumb. Kind of dry. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I misunderstood. I signed up for it, by the way. I think I told you that. Yeah. I finally plunked down 20 bucks a month just to get in on all the hoopla and really figure out the back end and see what I can do in terms of getting us a real-time Reina. That was part of the, uh, the, the motivation to do that. But I also saw there, and I, I guess I misunderstood, it said, with browsing. Like, mm. So you're saying you're now connected to the internet, like perplexity and barred, but that doesn't seem to be the case because when I plug in, like, you know, research for this show, if I go to a website and I drop a URL in to the pay version of ChatGPT4 and I say, please summarize this, it refuses to do so. So it does mean it will custom GPT your data set and browse its own. That's what that means. Uh, so I'm imagining that answers your question. Hmm. Then. Okay. So lots to dig into in there. And we'll go into that in the next episode a little bit more. But the meat of today's episode is that uh, a couple weeks ago, President Joe Biden issued an executive order on AI, which is kind of cool. Whether, you know, politics aside, whatever you think of this guy, um, you know, I'm kind of Switzerland in this. I don't really care as long as he does his job. I like having a guy in the, the Oval Office who is forward-thinking enough, or at least has people around him, some minions who are forward-thinking enough to at least start mulling over some legislation for this. What do you think? Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I saw some conversation with that made some good points, and I wish I had them in front of me, but uh, it seemed like there was a, a bunch of stuff on there that seems very hard to enforce. Um, but yeah. but a lot of it is is, I think, just general, like, best practices and guidelines and that kind of stuff and and that's good i guess time will tell uh, as far as how enforceable some of the other rules are yeah absolutely for every guideline and guardrail there's some fringe operator here that wants to skirt all of it as we're going to see in the news there's a there's a news item that's like oh my god how do you even harness that anyway this uh, executive order is guided by principles prioritizing safety equity privacy and governance the order directs the National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST, to establish best practices, as you said, Larry, manages the risks of dual-use AI. I had to look up what dual-use AI meant uh, and enhances cybersecurity uh, and so on. Dual-use AI, by the way, is civilian and military applications of, of AI. Okay. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So there's eight main thrusts of this, uh, the first being the objective to promote the safe, secure, and trustworthy development and use of AI. What does that entail? Yeah, it's so broad in scope. I mean, I mean, just so boilerplate. Number two, scope, the broad definition of AI, which is not limited to generative AI or neural networks. I guess they're throwing in here the potential for AGI, ASI down the road. Um, they want to have at least a general definition for public consumption. Mm-hmm. Number three, principles and priorities. AI systems must be safe and secure. Uh, encourage responsible innovation, competition, and collaboration. Support American workers with education and job training related to AI. AI policies should advance equity and civil rights. Protect consumer interests in interactions with AI products. Ensure privacy and civil liberties in the use of data by AI systems manage risks from the federal government's use of AI. That sounds good. 
mm-hmm. lead international efforts in AI governance and uh, NIST's role, develop guidelines and best practices for AI systems. Hmm. I mean, as you're reading that, some of that's already so hard to manage. And you're talking about privacy and going back to a moment ago, just talking about the custom GPTs uh, on the back end of uh, ChatGPT. Like, who's ensuring that my proprietary data that I upload for my custom GPT is not getting scraped and brought into their, you know, wider data set? And when are we going to hear about the first, uh, you know, open AI data breach? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's coming, I'm sure. Uh, I love this bullet point, and I'm well behind this. Support American workers with education and job training related to AI. It's coming. we got to get new job training programs in place. Re- reskill, upskill, it's got to happen. People are blind to a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, point number four in this executive order, dual-use AI models. Again, uh, a dual-use AI model refers to artificial intelligence that can serve both civilian and military purposes. These models are sub- subject to strict regulation due to their potential application in sensitive areas like national security. So this point uh, aims to establish regulations for companies developing dual-use AI uh, to report certain activities. So I wonder, does that mean report certain activities uh, during the development of, or during the use of, or both? Uh, yeah, great question. I mean, how do you develop uh, an AI surveillance tool without testing it out on <laughs> without, without surveilling. <laughs> right. Uh, moving on, federal procurement, uh, use procurement policy to set industry standards for AI. Create an interagency council on AI use in federal operations and require a chief artificial intelligence officer in each agency. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be somebody um, with their finger on the pulse of this stuff in each each agency or department, right? Yeah. Uh, the further we get into this, like, I just don't know how enforceable any of it is. Mm-hmm. Aren't there just going to be rogue actors in this? And this is a power grab. They're not going to care about this. Mm. Not to be like a, a doomsayer or Debbie Downer about it. You know, I know you're Captain Optimism over there, but it's like... <laughs> No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm with you, man. That's, that's... I know. Uh, Cap- along those lines, Captain Optimism. <laughs> that's the thumbnail for this episode. Yeah. By the way. I don't want to see you as Captain Optimism. Big O on my head. <laughs> Love it. Uh, along those lines, a nice segue. Uh, point six: Cybersecurity infrastructure assess AI risks in critical infrastructure, enhance cybersecurity defenses with AI technologies. Yeah, let's get on that. Yeah, that sounds like two important things. I, I like electric light, don't you? Oh yeah, I'm a fan, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your whole world is powered by electrons, oh, my, my friend. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the power goes out for like 10 minutes. We're like, oh no! <laughs> Crank that backup generator. Yeah. Number seven, AI workforce. Develop AI talent across the federal government. Educate the current workforce on AI issues. Well, yeah. Love to see what that materializes as. That'd be really cool. And soon. Lastly, number eight, AI-generated content. Advanced technology for identifying and authenticating AI-generated content. Develop measures for synthetic content detection and prevention. In the case of 
deep fakes, etc. Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck against those countermeasures and so on. What's Raina got to say about all this? Thanks, boys. Amazon is charging into the AI fray with Olympus, its colossal new model, eyeing a tech tussle with OpenAI and Google, and hinting at a December debut. Olympus is poised to power up the shopping experience and smarten up Alexa, bringing chit-chat charm to your cart. Amazon's big AI play includes Project Nile, transforming Alexa into a Gabby genie with whispers of a subscription spell on the horizon. Um, where's Apple in all this? Ahoy, tech aficionados! Picture this, a mammoth barge dubbed the Blue Sea Frontier Compute Cluster, bobbing on the high seas with 10,000 NVIDIA H100 GPUs as its treasure, plotting a course toward the horizon of AI sovereignty. Dell Complex, the captain of this $500 million ship, envisions a fleet of such AI islands where the rules of the land don't apply, offering a no-regulations haven for innovation and, ahem, tax flexibility. With solar sails and water-cooled winds, this high-tech flotilla might just outmaneuver global AI governance on the choppy waters of international law. So much for guardrails, I guess. OpenAI's new custom GPTs are like a personal chef for your AI needs, letting anyone cook up their own chat GPT flavor without needing to be a coding master chef. The upcoming GPT store is set to be a smorgasbord of these unique creations, where sharing and earning are on the menu. And don't worry about spilling your data. These GPTs are prepared with privacy and safety in mind, ready to handle real-world tasks with a dash of AI brilliance. Oh boy, the digital world's getting cheeky. A mischievous AI seems to have put words into Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida's mouth, creating a fake video of him making some rather racy comments on a news show. The broadcaster's logo got dragged into this digital prank too, and they're not amused and are planning to take action. This high-tech hullabaloo drops amidst a real-life drama of sexual harassment tales in Japanese politics, from a minister's resignation in 2018 to a former soldier's recent harassment claim. Talk about a mix of digital mischief and serious issues. And finally, in a plot twist worthy of the movie Her, Scarlett Johansson finds herself in a digital doppelganger drama. An AI app cheekily used ScarJo's name and voice alike in an ad, showing off its savvy in creating 90s yearbook-style AI avatars. But Scarlett wasn't in on the joke and has lawyered up, making it clear she's no fan of AI mimicking her for ads. Who knew the AI world could get as twisty as a Hollywood script? That's all the news for now. Take it away, gentlemen. Art imitates life, I guess. <laughs> yep. Getting back to the, like, where's Apple and all this, I seem to remember hearing like that they're more focused or they might be more focused on uh, on device ai mm. so you know running on your iphone or your mac like or, a siri like a siri yeah well mm. or, or perhaps something else too um, mm. i don't know maybe they have no interest in just a standalone product i i don't know they claim they're putting tons of money into it so I don't know, like you said in the other episode, maybe they're just, uh, all of a sudden, they're going to be like, boom, look at this. <laughs> yeah, i thinking that again. Just yeah. some big bombshell at a, you know, what's the Mac conference every year? I forget. Yeah, the Worldwide Developer Conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe they're just going to, like you just said, maybe it will be fully integrated. 
and it'll be her. Yeah. It'll be Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Who knew Scarlett Johansson would be the catalyst for so much <laughs> science fiction brought to life? Yeah. Interesting. But and and as Raina's reading the news, I can't help but think that so many of the items she's talking about are addressed already in Biden's uh, executive order are already being skirted. You know, like how do you combat a waterborne, you know, platform of GPUs that's commanding from afar with some AI that they've built? Like, how do you police that? Yeah. When I first saw that story, I was like, that is, well, it's a good idea. <laughs> or, really you good. know, for, for, for somebody. I feel like some other big tech company wanted to do something offshore at one point. I think it maybe was just for power at one point. I don't know if it was Microsoft. They wanted to park their... I don't know if it's a server farm or something in a submarine off the coast of New England. Do you remember hearing about that? Oh, that sounds familiar. That was a while ago. Yeah. I, was so, yeah. I wonder, yeah, as far as the power requirements of all that, is solar alone enough? Or are I they going to have to refuel generators right. and stuff? Or like tide, kind of tide created energy of, of some kind. I don't know. Um, and that other bit about the Japanese prime minister and being deep faked. Wow, it's a mess. How, how, how are you going to control that? You don't even know where it comes from. Yeah. You don't even know the, how to even track down the source of that. I don't know. People smarter than me, I guess. So, in addition to all of Raina's news, as you know, it is a heavy news week or two, as it always is, and it's getting exponentially busier. Uh, I love this um, how Sam Altman finished Dev Day. I love this, what he said come back next year. What we launched today is going to look very quaint relative to what we're busy creating for you now. Ooh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. dun. I was waiting dun, for that. <laughs> yeah. Is that an AGI? AGI. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe. Everybody. Who's that guy you sent me a link to? I can't think of his name. We've mentioned him before. Is it David He's Shapiro? No, it's another guy who says that we're like 30 seconds away from AGI. Oh, I can't think of his name. You know, he's like a former Google engineer or somebody. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. a proponent of this. He's a former, he's the founder of Singularity.net. I can see his face. Long hair, disheveled guy. No offense if you're listening. Long hair, disheveled guy. <laughs> but he, you know, he among other people, Jimmy Apples included, are saying that this thing is knocking on our door. Yeah, uh, you're hearing that from a bunch of people now. So I, I think the the timeline is is shortening. I'm curious. Um, uh, what is the, what is the website? It's it's a prediction website. Oh, okay. Uh, Metaculus. I think that might be oh, it. Oh, I don't know. That I one. think that might be it. And they use all sorts of data and to make predictions about a lot of things. And uh, uh, I'm curious if they've adjusted their timeline for mm. for that. Maybe I can bring it up. Yeah. I mean, as you know, every conversation here, every development, uh, the the surrounding conversation is, uh, wow, this is happening sooner than predicted. You know, uh, I guess they don't account enough for the exponential effect of the AIs working with each other. Perhaps. Let's see, the website is metaculus m e t a c u l u s dot com. Well, here's a here's a couple. Uh, when will the first general AI system be devised, tested, and publicly announced? And that says June thirteenth, twenty thirty two. Will there be human machine intelligence parity before twenty forty? 
almost certainly 96% chance of that. Will the control problem be solved before the creation of quote unquote weak artificial general intelligence? 4% chance. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. If there is an artificial intelligence catastrophe this century, when will it happen? Mm. July 24th, 2037. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> get out of town. <laughs> get out, get out <laughs> off planet. <laughs> right. Uh, will there be a positive transition to a world with radically smarter than human artificial intelligence? 36%. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is doom and gloom. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, there's a whole. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I have to read up a, on, on how they arrive at these, but there's a lot of data behind it and a lot of mm, extrapolation. Uh, yes. Yeah. Have they predicted things uh, accurately in the past? Is there anything to suggest that? I I think they have. Um, it's not just AI. Um, right. Other innovations? Yeah. I'll try and get some more uh, information on this for the next episode. Yeah. Metaculus? Metaculus. It's called Metaculus. I've yeah. never heard of that. All right. Cool. Uh, Larry, I forgot, are you a Canva user at all? I mean, you're a Photoshop guru, so you don't really tangle with those kitty toys, right? Uh, just just a couple of times when uh, you've sent me something for like a edit for the, the show or something, but I don't use it on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they unveiled their Magic Studio, which is, of course, AI-powered for design tools that transforms your content creation. I dipped my toes into it a couple weeks ago, and meh, I don't know. I, maybe I just got to play with it more, but it wasn't as intuitive as I was hoping. I was doing some social media content for a client. I basically put in what they, what I was looking for and hoping it would edit together a you know a real style video for instagram and it it came back with a needing a lot of human intervention so i'm not totally sold on it yet but i'm ready not ready to dismiss it yet either i'm going to try to put it through its paces this weekend for some work i have to do and see if i can lessen my workload using that and Mm -hmm. maybe just be able to send it a a few commands and hopefully spit out the content i need for a month or a year that'd be really cool yeah i thought i thought i i I heard something about it it kind of you tell it what you want and it kind of provides you with a something that's a glorified template Mm -hmm. is that was that your exactly experience that was my experience Mm -hmm. shutterstock uh the stock photography website integrates creative ai into its vast image library revolutionizing stock image customization. It's over. Mm-hmm. It's commercial photographers. It's over. Commercial illustrators. It's over. I hate to be that guy, but I can't believe my eyes when I see the stuff that Dolly spits out now and Firefly spits out now. It's just gorgeous. I, I don't know. I mean, am I being too much a doomsayer here? I, we have this conversation frequently, I know, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it's over yet but it might be soon <laughs> yeah there was there's this other website i think it's wirestock i think it's called there um and and oh, yeah. yeah and you can generate stuff and then it submits it to all these different libraries you know yes. stock libraries and and you can get paid i guess if people buy it that's kind of cool but i wonder i still like even even with that like you know these tools are so easy to use and they're available and they're a lot of them are free and why would you 
Why would you go and buy something if you could generate it yourself? Right. Yeah. And I just, listen, I'm a freelancer and it's get the landscape is getting more difficult to navigate because people are, people use Canva pretty readily. And a lot of that stuff is good enough looking without them having to tweak templates. And if they're looking for stock photography, it's either built into Canva itself, or they can generate it now mm -hmm. uh, an image that's suitable for social media or email marketing campaign. So yeah, we're definitely at a crossroads. Uh, another development in terms of uh, employment and how it's being affected by AI is Stack Overflow has laid off 100 people, and that's possibly due to the influence of the rise of AI-powered coding assistance. Stack Overflow is a popular question and answer website for professional and, and enthusiast programmers. That does not sound like a coincidence. <laughs> not at all. No. Not at all. Uh, what, what do I send my kid to school for? I, I'm really kind of at a loss. I think about it every day. So, yeah. Anyway, that's that's it for today, kids. Got anything else, Larry? No. That'll do it. We'll be back for episode two in this series tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to leave you with a quick question of the week. Politics aside, do you think that Biden's executive order is warranted? Does it do enough? Think about that. Let us know. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on Facebook. Throw us a rating. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Up Against Reality. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to hear future episodes and be sure to follow us on social media for all things AI. Until next time, stay human, people. 